0: the front line huh
1: yeah back here again
0: did you enjoy a little break
1: it was nice like you know it was good getting away i was kind of ashamed that it was like another war film that we were talking about last week and stuff but you know uh back here it can't
0: can't always be young Sheldon, you know
1: yeah that's true that's true and uh there's no young sheldon on the front and even talking about like you know said show will get you court-martialed or killed yeah. So, yeah yeah we're gonna hush it from now on because they they are listening to what we're talking about you know every week you know um, yeah that's
0: why they sent it here. yeah to you know like document the war as it happened
1: yeah i can't i can't say that like uh i'm feeling you know any happier you know if anything morale is like kind of like just back to where it was we're getting back into that t- you know
0: it's just yeah it's kind of hard. At ATL, man. But time
1: at times I do feel like, you know, I am getting like, you know, through the process of this like a little bit more like on board for the cause, you know? Like that and I think that's what they yeah, want me to do bonding with you the know? boys. Yeah, the bonding yeah. of the boys and, you know, and feeling a little bit more patriotic <laughs> about my country. Uh, yeah. I think that's all they want from Good. us. So, you know, it's working then. Good morning. Patrol Charles we're back here again. This is your host John the Falster, and I am here today with my 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 private my private boy,
0: <laughs> my private boy made it made Chill. made it out of the narrow passage.
1: Yeah, we're out of there. Onto, do, you, do you want to explain onto to the, the beaches of
0: Normandy? Yeah. no,
1: Do you want to explain no. to listeners what happened last week? What what was going on there? Because you know, well, it was
0: just a celebration, you know. Yeah. It's just you know a celebration of us and our know relationship and yeah. the podcast and, and all that and you know i do not think it was just it was a good old time
1: i don't know what's happened by the time because you know by the time i'm recording this if if they uh if i relented and i gave them the whole thing or if, or if they would have only got half of what they got so
0: yeah i'm hoping it's only half <laughs> and that everybody's really annoyed they'll compute. get
1: okay I, i'll give you this they've gotten half but I don't know They've if I've given them. Tough. I don't know if I've given them the other half already. Okay. Is what I'm saying. I think if I've relented. I think they will get that okay. half. <laughs> yes. <Yeah.
0: laughs> One way or another, they yeah. will get it. How they get it, it's up to that. It's up to us.
1: <laughs> true. True. Last week we were knee deep in a in a war film about boys and narrow passages <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. Um, and the same, this
0: is the same goddamn movie. Sorry, it's just weird. I'm only realizing now after the fact.
1: It's before too. So, and you know, it was even around the same year that um, that mm. you know, three hundred was written by that piece of shit guy. So, um, you know, we're I think we're like you know, we're leaning. You know, I'm I'm leaning more towards it ripped off Saving Private Ryan. So.
0: I feel like that's the case. Yeah, there's <laughs> even a narrow passage in this.
1: Yeah, there is,
0: involving a tank. <laughs> just it just swap a tank out for a fucking wolf.
1: Yeah, and there's also bridges as well. It's like it's more like we're gonna give you a bridge instead of a narrow passage. But it's okay. oh, I love that a way, good bridge, man. It's a narrow passage. I love passage. a good bridge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Phil, let's just get to it. Oh, we're, we're here again War yeah. What is it good for
0: Hollywood movies Sing it
1: again
2: What, who, yeah, what is it good for
1: Hollywood movies
2: uh-huh. what, who, yeah, what is it
1: good for Hollywood movies Hollywood movies. Listen to me. It's our next edition (laughs) of this newest shark, War What is a Good For Hollywood Movies? Where each week we'll be looking at some of the best war and more adjacent movies around, sort of going in order. Like we said, that first episode, we are doing it cron pod style, where we're going in (laughs) order of the wars that they are about. Of war. Last time we were on the front, we were looking at World War I movies with Stanley Kubrick's Paths of Glory. Uh, we forget about what happened last week. That doesn't count. And now we move forward. <laughs> we went back in time. Where after the 1918 defeat of the Central Powers, largely led by Germany, we saw the Treaty of Versailles signed in 1919 and the League of Nations formed in the 1920s to prevent another major war from breaking out. How do you think that went? Not great. Not great, because we're humans and we suck.
0: Yeah, we're, we're made, we are very good at destroying ourselves.
1: <laughs> the Treaty of Versailles was required, uh, basically required Germany to disarm, make ample territorial concessions, and pay reparations to certain countries. The treaty created much resentment in Germany, which led to an exploitation of said treaty by, and those feelings, by Adolf Hitler in his rise of power at the helm of Nazi Germany. A few charismatic speeches and propaganda pieces later, Hitler convinced Germany to rise up to commit genocide, a number of war crimes, and take back and expand Germany's empire. In 1939, Nazi Germany would invade Poland, and after just 21 short years the world was at war again it
0: only took one drinking age adult (laughs) (laughs) later
1: america you know especially when it concerns that drinking age and you know i'm american so i'm invested here what's going on what's going on here Mm -hmm.
0: show me that flag
1: america would largely play neutral in this war except for doing what america does best and that is providing a litany of weapons to the Allied Powers. <laughs> that was until Japan attacked Pearl Harbor in 1941, which sent America to war. Fast forward to the final days of war where big plans of invasion on the beach of Normandy are underway, and in the midst of all the chaos, one man's nutsack is held to the utmost <laughs> importance in a film that we are about to discuss today, and what film is that, Phil?
0: Shaving Ryan's private. <laughs> Brought to you by Manscaped <laughs> It's Saving Private Ryan We should have done Pearl Harbor <laughs>
1: Yeah it's the same I've one. never
0: seen Pearl Harbor have you The not most seen I Pearl know Harbor. about it is that song in Team America
1: Yeah Yeah Pearl Harbor is yeah. uh, It's like this to like The umpteenth degree It's just like it's like way more patriotic and bullshit It's like is It's kind of a little bit of that This has like two scenes where it's just kind of over the top and then there's like Pearl yeah, Harbor yeah. is all of that plus a shitty love story you know It's it, and Michael Bay shots so it's like it's kind of beautiful it's actually pretty good uh-huh. <laughs> it's horrible
2: that's your 300 dear Mr. Brian Boyd no doubt by now you have received full information about the untimely death of your son However, there are some personal details I that I believe very strongly. In what no words doing. of mine can ever It was a fine soldier and regarding him. the circumstances leading the to same his same death. Felt
0: his loss tremendously. Robert's commanding God, officer, his
2: heroic service he to his he country. Was a great soldier, yeah. dedicated the friend. Grace of God and the aid of your Those son, of us I'm alive. Please
0: accept my most sincere condolences in our and
2: memories. To you my deepest sympathy. Colonel, I've got something you should know about. Yes. These two men died in Normandy. This one at Omaha Beach. Sean Ryan this one in utah peter ryan this man was killed last week in new guinea daniel ryan the three men are brothers sir i've just learned that this afternoon their mother's getting all three telegrams that's not all there's a fourth brother the youngest he's somewhere in normandy we don't know where that boy's alive we're gonna send somebody to find him and we're gonna get him the hell out of there
0: Some private in the 101st lost three of his brothers, and he's got
1: a ticket home. It's not gonna be easy finding one particular soldier in the whole damn war.
2: to get back to my wife well then that's my mission
1: opening with the allied invasion of normandy on june the 6th 1944 members of the second ranger battalion under captain miller played by america's favorite tom hanks actually he's not their favorite anymore is he is America largely like just under no, control now of the Ch- right? Like I, yeah, I mean they hate they hate Tom Hanks, right? Yeah, they fight ashore the to, secure, thing? to <laughs> <laughs> secure the beachhead. Amidst the fighting, two brothers are killed in action. Earlier in New Guinea, a third brother is KIA—that's killed in action. Keep up. Their mother, Mrs. Ryan, <laughs> is to receive all three of the grave telegrams on the same day. The United States Army Chief of Staff, George C. Marshall, is given an opportunity to alleviate some of her grief when he learns of a fourth brother, Private James Ryan, who's played by Matt Damon, and (laughs) decides to send Captain Miller and a select number of his regiment to find him and bring him back home to his mother. It's the 1998 war epic directed by Steven Spielberg and written by Robert Rodat and yes Phil if you were wondering it is that Robert Rodat who
0: that that Robert Rodat. who's that Robert Rodat I don't know he's the writer of the Patriot
1: dude the writer of the
2: Patriot oh motherfucker you're sitting here you like trying to talk shit and I'm just like dude the fucking Patriot bro and we still, still got this motherfucker we
1: still play. gonna be talking yeah. about it
2: yeah
1: hot takes up the game Phil <laughs> Shaving Ryan's private.
0: Shaving Ryan private. Um, this was a weird film to watch on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. Okay. Let's start here, because okay, I let you have fun last week. That was your idea to do that film. I would have never wanted to talk about that movie, but I was like, all right, whatever. We'll give him some. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> also, Phil, next week's film, God damn you, because that was your film as well. So we were kind of giving it a tit for tat back and forth as we were planning mm. this war season. Like, you know, sometimes I might have like these silly ideas. Like the whole war season was a silly idea I had based off of this dumb, like, you know, song that I thought would be funny <laughs> as the name for the season. But like, you know, when we're planning the stuff, we, we both kind of will throw stuff out. And, you know, we, you know, we take turns kind of like, oh, I'll talk about this. Yeah, good balance. And this one, I was like, dude, we have to do it because you said you never seen it before. And I was just like, holy shit, you've got to watch this.
0: (laughs) I'd never seen it before. And it was funny because I thought I never would end up watching it because I remember in high school, my friend Joe, same thing. He was like, you have to fucking see this movie. You have to watch David Pryor. And he came. Sorry, and he gave me the DVD, and I had that DVD for maybe a year, maybe two years, and I never watched it. Was it the like, hype? Just so bad with that. I don't do no know hype. This was yeah. Year, this years was later. Years yeah. later. Yeah. A year after it come out, there was no hype. there was nothing around it. I just never felt like watching it. I didn't have any interest in watching yeah. it. Um, and eventually, I just gave it back to him, and I was just like, "I'm never gonna watch this. Maybe you can just have it." And so I never even tried. I never thought it out. Um, we don't play it at the cinema. I don't think we've ever played it in my time. So I'm like, I'm never gonna watch this movie. Yeah. Uh, and then this, you know, wonderful opportunity came along, and I was like, well, this is a good excuse to watch it. Yeah. I do love Michael Spielberg. I just watched Close Encounters for the first time the other day. Oh wow. And I was like, okay, yeah. That was a nice like. Okay, I'm in the mood because that yeah. was just like fucking peak. Spielberg, yeah, so good.
1: I love Spielberg films, man, like, you know, me too, man. So, I mean, I know like some of them nowadays are a little bit hit and miss, but I'm always sort of like forgiving because it's like, dude, he's done so much shit like that's so good that like every like, you know, any director would wish they had at least one of those you know, bangers Exactly, and even the films that the like people don't like, or he like, doesn't like, or the, like, there's still some bangers in there. Like, like for instance, hook, hook? like, you know, Jesus, I couldn't always great, but yeah, it's like, this film's kind of funny and it's like, you know, we'll get into talking about it, but like a film like close encounters is a very interesting thing. And I feel like there's so much like, you know, room to just really explore Steven Spielberg's like films and some of his choices and stuff. And what he's like, done and said about his own films like after the fact because like Close Encounters is like a very fucking weird movie like when you have to deal with the very, fact again very, like very
0: existential
1: like I I really like Close Encounters um and I love you know I I you know it's like the thing we were talking about a few weeks ago with uh what's his face Richard Dreyfus. it's like I really like Richard Dreyfus as an actor um mm-hmm. and it sucks that he has a sort of problematic you know side to him now that makes it hard yeah, when yeah. you see him and stuff but like that's such a crazy film and like the choice that spielberg makes in that movie <laughs> to just be like yeah fuck it this guy's gonna and he's like said he like i, I hate that. that ending and i would never let anyone do that again i would never do that because that's like it's fucked up he just like fucks off leaves makes family. the ending man. yeah it that makes, makes it, that, that movie like, yeah the this guy's <laughs> he's, completely he's destined just, for
0: something greater yeah. like that's the whole point
1: yeah, but um, his whole idea is that he's, like, left his family, though. It's just funny. It's like, yeah, fuck. They've fuck. left
0: him lot. At that point, they're, they've, they've, like, it's done. The movie yeah, but makes he was
1: building, clear. like, he was building a mountain of dirt in their house. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, good riddance, fine. good riddance, It wasn't a big deal, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Making, like, mountains out of mashed potatoes. That feels like that, <laughs> that's, like, an alleg, like, a you know, like a... Metaphor. Like, yeah, metaphor, like... <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, he's obsessed. That's the whole thing. I feel like Spielberg's making a movie about himself. There.
1: Yeah. Um, anyway, this film. Good go.
0: Saving Private Ryan. Um, and to be fair, I had seen one scene. Yeah. Of this movie beforehand. Had to because be the they showed it scene. to us at film school. Yeah. The opening. I feel like you could we could do two hours on this opening scene. I I don't have the word for it. I want to say, like, it's it's an, it's an amazing sequence. It's a, one of the most harrowing things I've ever seen. Put to film, it's fucking devastating to yeah. watch, and it it really is like it really feels like the most grim reality of of war. And what I like a lot about this film, I like I, I I I really like David Bradley, obviously. I mean, at this point, it's like it's a classic and one of the greatest war movies ever made. So I'm not adding anything there, but this was, it's new for me and it's new for like, again, as a move for Spielberg to like really, it felt like a risk because it's not his style at all. This, this like this shaky handheld cam.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Really, his stuff is usually very planned and very like controlled and it's very like, Everything is measured, even the blocking is, you know, done in a certain way to accentuate like relationship within the scene and the way the camera moves is so specific. Whereas this is just like all over the place. It's fucking crazy. A lot of intent close up and it's just you really feel like you're there and you hit the beach and it's just it's not stop. Yeah. And that literally it I really love about that scene because I'd only seen just the beginning of it. I didn't see the rest of it, like them actually taking the hill and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, like yeah. watching it all, because it's like a 10, 20 minute sequence, fucking amazing. And I love like that this, you know, I love epics. Mm. They, don't, they don't make epics like this anymore. And I really like this kind of thing. The big, very long. I'll give you that. It's yeah. Very long. Maybe. Very long. Yeah. But it, it feels, and it's kind of repetitive in the middle, but I think maybe just by virtue of what it's about, it's going to be, but it's this, perfect like it's wrapped up in a perfect circle it's so solid it starts same way it ends even down to like the you know like the this like almost panic attack moment like uh, Tom Hank's hand where he sort of is frozen in fear Mm. like that happens twice but it's this thing at the beginning you start with the most chaotic like event possible like it's just bodies being thrown and people drowning the camera going in and out of the water bullets fucking flying everywhere, explosion going off, fucking river of blood pouring everywhere, people holding their organs and looking for their lost arms. Yeah. It's non-stop. Yeah, yeah. But, like, through that, Tom Hanks' character finds, like, order and, like, manages to group wh- who's left of his men and accomplish that mission. And it's fucking amazing to watch that. And then at the end, it's the exact it. It's, they go in with a very specific plan. And they know exactly what they're going to do, and then it just falls into chaos. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Gone, And it's more and more out of control, and it's it just—I love that. I love that sort of full circle But That opening scene—if—if—if if, if the rest of the movie was shit, it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah, yeah. Because that—that that opening scene. Is but why looking li- perfect? <laughs> it's but, amazing. But what I like, what I like about the movie, and what I think I said in the last episode. What I don't always like about war movies is that they don't have a lot to add to the conversation and that mm-hmm. like war is bad, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim Power Ryan get that out of the other way. And like in a in a in in a way you can't ignore right at the beginning. You can't watch it passively. It's, yeah. it's engaging. It's a hard movie to very
1: watch. in your face, yeah. I was
0: thinking and like it's not a movie that made me it made me very sad, but like it didn't make me cry, but it made me like vitrally angry at a point that any of this would happen. That like anyone would ever in need and like he made such a point of like making it so small it's a big movie but it's so small about yeah. eight guys looking for yeah. one other guy yeah and every life counts
1: all this like emotion through it and everything yeah
0: exactly and it so works because if you lose one of those guys it really fucking hurts yeah so at the end when they pan out and it's a thousand fucking graves you're like every one of those people was like that guy i just like yeah spent two hours caring about they had family and dreams and like i mean it's just great like i just love that and i think that's what worked best just making it small and making it a very small story and like i like the simple story of like this is the one decent thing we can do in hell like in the worst place in all this shit show and tom size sent as much at the end and even with the cheesy fucking bookends which Spielberg just can't help himself
1: with. Yeah. Those feel like, so it, Spielberg, uh, don't they? Yeah. It,
0: it does. I I really don't need it. I yeah. really don't. And also because I kind of, I know I knew who it was and what it was yeah. going to be right away. And like, it's sweet. It's very sweet. Yeah. But like, I don't know, because the rest is very quite grounded, quite realistic. I yeah. Find. Yeah. That's um, funny, and man. Those bits I was a bit heightened.
1: Yeah. I was thinking that exact same thing. Cause those feel like your, your cheesy Spielberg moments like you know because he's got that level of like cheese that he can have in his films and sometimes it works very sentimental um but but, the rest of the
0: movie is not like that. yeah
1: it's very real and gritty and it's just like dude this isn't spielberg and like you were saying like the way the camera moves and that fucking opening sequence and stuff it's just like insane and like janus kaminsky just like went mental
0: and he set the tone for war movies they still look like this
1: yeah 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 definitely yeah it's it's funny like I start thinking of this when you were you know talking about that opening sequence and like the the chain of events that kind of went on because it's like they land on the beach and you know they you just get this really intense you know m- like scene of, it's just yeah. and it's yeah. horrible it's horrifying to watch but you can't turn away sort of thing and it's just like it's it's so gritty and just like. Real and scary. Filling your,
0: it's it filling your senses. It sounds yeah. terrifying, like yeah. the bullets and the gunfire, and they have like such weight yeah. to them. It really feels like you're there.
1: It's just so intense. But then, um like you were saying, they they make their way, and they actually do, like you know, accomplish submission. mission and
0: yeah, yeah they open a path for reinforcement. it's
1: a very like interesting film to move forward and like on like you know when you compare it to paths of glory you know it's like the like there's so much to think about the advancement of like when you're thinking about like uh that insane sort of sequence that uh stanley kubrick did in paths of glory where they're yeah, following, going over
0: the top yeah, yeah. And we were
1: talking about that and it's such a like an epic moment in that film and where this is like, this is total evolution. It's like a, a new war. The weapons have evolved. The uh, And now we're actually seeing how filmmaking has evolved alongside of it. And how a very similar you know battle scene has taken place early on in the film. And it sets up kind of everything for like the rest of the fucking movie. It's very much the same as what Paths of Glory did. Um, And I'm not saying I'm not linking this in sort of any way of this was intentional. It's just like I think it's for us the way we've placed these together. It's a very fitting sort of movie to show the advancement of technology and the advancement of filmmaking. And like uh, also just the advancement of like this, the characters themselves, they actually got. Through, they went through with it. And they like, they managed mm-hmm. to get and accomplish their mission and get to the other side for a forward progression because we can move forward now to a different story and we're not getting the same war movie that we had last time. This is a completely different war movie. And I think what's interesting of this is there is those moments I don't necessarily like um about this film are the like kind of silly patriotic vibes to it because.
0: Yeah, I have that side to it. Yeah. yeah
1: I mean, I know a lot of war movies have it, but I also think that, like, I was going to say that, like, because um, I mentioned it last time we did Paths of Glory, that I think we picked a really good diverse, um, like, amount of war films here that have different sort of vibes and, like, what they're saying and stuff. Because this isn't, no, like, so much necessarily that, like, it's an anti-war film. It really doesn't feel that way at all because, like, yes, it shows the horrors of war. Um, but it doesn't necessarily come off in that way it actually has more of this like patriotic band of brothers um the ultimate yeah, sacrifice so like a sacrifice uh sort of thing and yeah, you were yeah. talking about last week's episode Duty. With, with 300 and stuff has that same sort of you know we're sacrificing for the greater good um yeah. you know
0: and that's dying for your country yeah, yeah.
1: absolutely and that's like that's what this film is, like, to a T. So it's kind of, like, it's interesting. There's those moments where, of course, it's kind of fun getting to see someone like Brian Cranston and stuff, but those scenes where they're, yeah, like... Yeah, what the fuck? They're so silly, those scenes, like, in the um, in the offices and stuff, like, and it's just, like, the music's Oh uh, over. Really yeah, that shit belongs in Pearl Harbor. Like, that's... You said yeah, you've yeah. never seen Pearl Harbor, but that shit, that's kind of the vibe of, like, Pearl Harbor and stuff. It's really funny. It's also interesting though. This film came out the same year as the Thin Red Line. Have you ever seen that?
0: No, that's the Terrence Malick one. Yeah, right?
1: the World War II movie. No, nothing. So
0: different, I'm imagining.
1: <laughs> yeah. The one thing I like about this film is that, like, the thing about Ter- um, Terrence Malick's The Thin Red Line is when you look at the cast, it's like it's like holy shit! Like you know, it's like this cast, fucks, dude. It's like it's but it's intense. But then, yeah, it's like I forget about this cast dude it's it's this actually cast is fucking crazy it's like the
0: finest so actors of their generation and yeah. like a lot of actors that like i wish had done more or like bigger th- i shouldn't say that cause they're still like they did work but like yeah like like i love giovanni Rubisi. i think he's incredible yeah yeah yeah,
2: yeah. and
0: i wish Definitely. he had gotten like bigger and better things and like that some guy I don't I don't know the name. There's the guy who looks like Alex Winter—that's not Alex Winter. He's great. yeah Barry Pepper. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I he's love so Barry good Pepper, the sniper dude. He's so good. He's yeah. so good. Um, the the guy from Adam Friends. Goldberg. I don't know his name either. Yeah, yeah, him. Right, he played Eddie in Friends. He's amazing. Yeah, yeah Vin Diesel we said last week. Yeah, Tom Sine um, Dennis
1: Farina shows up. Ted Danson. Ted Danson. Yeah, holy Paul Giamatti. It's like Jesus Christ. That was dude. good. It's insane. This this is not, and is insane. then
0: Matt Damon is the reveal at the end. Yeah. You know, like, but you know, at the time, I guess he was still up and coming. But
1: yeah, it's quite intense. And now but, that's
0: like a reveal. Yeah, it's like in Interstellar.
1: Because like <laughs> the the thing with Terrence Malick's The Thin Red Line is that like it's cast as it's kind of like it's just unbelievable the amount of people that he assembled for that. And I, I guess like the whole thing with that film was that like. He had taken this like almost twenty-year break, you know, like from filmmaking, and he just kind of like disappeared mm-hmm. off the face of the earth. He's a very private person, and he doesn't really like, you know, there's not much known about him and stuff, and no one kind of really knows what he was doing. <laughs> it's like he was just fucking off the grid, just hanging um, out, filming he,
0: flowers and shit.
1: <laughs> and then he came back, and he does this like really intense, like fucking war movie. But the thing is, it's kind of like it's so artistic. I don't know if. How many Malik films you've watched, but like the few that I have seen, they're, it's just kind of not for me, man. They're just like, they're really like, I don't I've know. I've only
0: seen one and I didn't like it. Yeah. I saw Tree of Life and I
1: was like, fuck Yeah. This. Yeah. Yeah. This, <laughs> that, uh, Thin Red Line has that vibe to it where it's just like, it's slow, it's like artsy. There's a lot of, I mean, the f- cinematography is amazing, but it's just like, if you're into it, you're into it. If you're not, you're not, and that's kind of kind of my vibe with that film. It's like, it's unbelievable the cast. I mean, it's crazy. Like, you have got a young Adrian Brody, you got John Cusack, you got John Travolta, you got like Sean Penn. You've got, I mean, it's just it's a crazy cast. It's just it's crazy, and it also has Jim Caviezel, who literally is crazy now. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's it's quite an uh, an intense movie on all levels, but uh, it's just not nearly as good as in terms of like a really like good war movie like i don't know this one's so much better
0: I wanted to mention one thing about world war Two that it, i think the only war that you could depict in a movie where you, it's easier to buy into and get into the patriotism because if because they're the bad guy there's like a yeah. really larger than life villain and a you know a horrible genocide to, to you know avenge yeah you know like it, it's so much I know it's, just, it's a bit easier with World War Two films. You don't get a lot of like the challenging politics of it, mm. even though a lot of that is was obviously happening um, in the background. But because there was a righteousness to it, it was yeah, more of like yeah, a, yeah. Mo- a moral war rather than a war, for, you know, pr- profit reasons. You know, yeah, and, like, yeah. Even World War One, it's like political agenda than Vietnam and. You know, very obviously very controversial the Gulf War. There's not been a war since, even when it looked like that, like with George Bush going after Osama bin Laden, it was never that clean cut. Yeah. You know, but this would that was the only time World War II, where like you had a thing to unite against. And that that's there here. And it's like you don't even have to talk about it. There's references to Hitler. Um, but it it's mostly again just about the boys. Yeah. 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 Um, but not in a shitty yeah. macho way because they all it's, you know, they've mom- they' moment they real they really take time out to show the more vulnerable sides of some of the soldiers. Yeah. Um, especially I mean when you're witnessing someone's last moment you can't help it. But like you you can have a battlefield and like they'll cut to someone crying in the corner. It's just yeah. like and Tom Hanks is like with the shivers the whole time and like you yeah. know, like it's never portrayed as like cowardice. There's a perception of that, I think, at one point that he tried to overcome, but, like, it never treated like that, and I appreciate that, even when it it's infuriating that it's happening.
1: Tom Hanks is an interesting character, isn't he? Because he's, like, sometimes he'll be in a film and you can't quite imagine him playing that role sometimes, but then, like, he just knocks it out of the park, and this is kind of one of those roles. Like, you couldn't it's imagine really amazing. being, like, this, like, this guy during this time but he's so good at it. but it,
0: but it totally worked because yeah. the character isn't that guy yeah. either yeah yeah um, yeah he's a fish like, out of
1: water for sure but he's just good at it
0: and like having watched Captain Phillip I shouldn't be surprised but like Tom Hanks does that really like shell-shocked look like traumatized face really fucking yeah up, where he's just like he's not there anymore
1: yeah it's, like, just, it's like, like it's
0: over, completely overwhelmed he's gone. really good at that <laughs> sorry (laughs) dude what Uh, a fucking no but like yeah what what a decade yeah and yeah what an actor but like the 90s for tom hanks are just insane
1: yeah yeah just unbelievable we've done quite a few tom hanks films now it's kind of actually funny but yeah he's he's so good (laughs) yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. i mean because i was going off like you're like oh you're really on a tom hanks kick right because i was just like yeah start watching like road to perdition and all that shit and we were like watching big and yeah it was just yeah and he's a fucking good actor though man like really good i was often wondered that something about his character in this film is like if he because he had like it was almost like it's like the yips um like the shaky hand thing so a few times when he's he has that shaking hand right he like goes to take a swig of water from his canteen yeah. but i'm also i'm wondering if like is that water or does i he didn't think like,
0: it would well, i thought it would
1: you have like alcohol right i think yeah, it would because like courage as well, and shit. yeah.
0: Maybe I don't
1: know. It developed while he's on the front because it's like it's horrific. He's how could you been not? How could you years. not?
0: Yeah, I've become an alcoholic out here. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> well, contrary to popular belief, Saving Private Ryan is not based on the Sullivan Brothers. That gets thrown around a lot. They were a group of five brothers who were killed in action while serving in the, the U.S. Navy during World War II on the USS Juno, which It's an their story is interesting a lot of people attribute this whole thing They, they basically were like five brothers that were like put on this one boat and it was very rare that like you would have brothers it's not that it didn't happen but like just the fact that like five brothers would end up on this one boat and I think one of their friends had died in the war so they all enlisted together and they all like were like we have to serve together and they stuck together and they were all on this boat and they all tragically were killed and it kind of sucked but um, this, uh, this movie is actually based on the Neeland brothers who were four siblings who all served in the U S army during world war two and three of the brothers, Robert Preston and Edward were supposedly killed in action, which caused their remaining brother Fritz, uh, whom the titular private Ryan is based on to be shipped back to America so that the Neeland family wouldn't lose all of their sons. Edward, who was originally thought to be dead, was actually found alive after escaping a Japanese prison camp in Burma. Oh, shit. Uh, making two of the surviving brothers out of the four who, who fought in the war. So, yeah.
0: That's an amazing story. No wonder they made a movie about it. Yeah. But it's weird because I was watching it and I was just like, they would never do this. They would <laughs> yeah. never like go get the lost brother because that's a nice thing to do for the family. But yeah, it turned out they did.
1: Well, you know, it's just like 300. You know, They don't want to send... Any of the guys who haven't had a male heir yet. Because you got to keep yeah. your family line together, you know. You
0: have to stay at the narrow
1: <laughs> Robert Rodat was giving a uh, book about D-Day from his wife in 1994. And he was reading the book and he was struck by the story of the Neelands. And he would pitch the story to the producer, Mark Gordon, who pitched it to Paramount. And Paramount hired Rodat to write the script. I don't know if this is true here because I've read in two different ways that um, Spielberg was the only director that was ever approached about this story. But I did read that Michael Bay was approached to direct before Spielberg, but he declined, which is interesting because he, and then he was approach. like,
0: I'm going to make mine. Yeah,
1: because he'd go off you, like two years worry. later to make Pearl Harbor. So it's like, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, <clears throat> the script made its way to Spielberg. And Saving Private Ryan was the only movie that Spielberg directed up to that point in his career that he hadn't developed on his own. Um, Screenwriter Robert Reddatt's script was actually sent to Spielberg by his agent. And in in a stroke of luck, the script had also been sent to actor Tom Hanks, who also wanted to make the movie. So both Spielberg and Hanks, who had never worked together at that point, and they'd always wanted to work together, which they would eventually, after this, end up working together again on Catch Me If You Can, that's over there on Patreon. Oh, banger. Me and Ari talked about it on Patreon, so if you want to hear us, because I fucking love that film, um, yeah, too. go go check it out. Uh, they also did The Terminal, and then they did Bridge of Spies. Yeah, The Terminal is great. It's actually pretty fun. Fun movie. not Yeah. Um, they did Bridge of Spies together, which is a little bit more recent, and then they also did the miniseries, which very much owes a lot to this film, I think, Band of Brothers, and then they did The Pacific. So yeah, they worked together. And lot. they did The Post. Oh yeah, The Post. Yeah, that was more recent as well. Yeah, shit, sure, I forgot about Which that. Which was boring as fuck. <laughs> I've, <not, laughs> I've not seen that one. But anyway, they called up each other kind of at the same time. And they found out they were reading the same script and decided to collaborate on the movie. And that all kind of apparently happened on the same day. So uh came together really quick for all of them. Spielberg was interested in uh, like basically... He wanted to make it because he was, you know, he wanted to do it as a tribute to his father who I guess served in World War Two. And for casting, he wanted to cast people who looked like faces you'd see in the newsreel. So I think him and Janusz Kaminski, like, got together and they start thinking about all these ways that they can present this film. Very similar to, I guess, the way uh, Kubrick wanted to make Paths of Glory look like, you know, the footage from world war one and the trenches and stuff. That's what Spielberg wanted to do with this, like the newsreel footage, like all the young men and that kind of like happened to play into how the uh, film looked as well. Um, So we'll get into the cast. Like Tom Hanks plays captain Miller. We talked a bit about him as far as like, he's just fucking great in this film. He's very good. Yeah. Um, Tom Hanks. Some other actors that were considered as well before Tom Hanks kind of came on board. Uh, were Harrison Ford, and I hate to bring it up, Phil, but you know, Mel Gibson, the Patriot. Of course, a fucking <laughs> The Patriot was Robert like because
0: Robert Rodat was there.
1: Yeah, this was like a couple years before the Patriot, though. So the Patriot was, I think, like, like, oh. two thousand. I think so. He was like, oh "I didn't get my way, so I'm going to get my way now." Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll show you fucking patriotism! God damn it. <laughs>
1: Uh, Okay, so we have Matt Damon as Private Ryan, like (laughs) he says, the later reveal. So the big name that was actually going to be Private Ryan originally was Edward Norton. He turned down the role so that he could do American History X.
0: Which is very
1: very interesting. And then Noah Weil from ER, who played Dr. Carter in ER, he was also offered the role. But he couldn't get out of his ER contract, so he...
2: Fucking ER.
0: Out. He must have yeah. hated that show after yeah. that. He's like, I was meant to be Private Ryan, you son of a bitch.
1: Matt Damon, <laughs> I think, is kind of, especially at this point of time, I think Edward Norton probably could have, like, you know... I don't know, because it was around the same time as Fight Club. Edward Norton, did, I don't they know. They were
0: both blowing up, man. Yeah,
1: but, like... Both had done, you ed- know... Edward Norton and Noah Wilde, like, movie. while they're both great, I like both of them. They both, like, don't have that, like, like Matt Damon just looked like a fucking child in this film, and that's what you needed. Yeah, and
0: you need that instant connection. Like, yeah. Like someone you recognize, someone you have affection for immediately.
1: Yeah, definitely. And that helped
0: with Matt Damon.
1: Robin Williams introduced Matt Damon to Spielberg in Boston during rehearsals for Goodwill Hunting, actually. Good Will yeah, so. Spielberg was also in town around the same time because they were shooting Amistad. And Robin Williams (laughs) brought Damon over to say hi because they had worked together on Hook. And then, yeah, two years later, Spielberg contacted Damon about Private Ryan and got him on board. So, yeah. Um, We have Harrison Young who plays the elderly James Ryan. I mean, like... (laughs) It's kind of funny. That's the best casting,
0: it's, man. He looks pretty good. Just like it. For a yeah. for a minute I was just could they do that weird fucking morph transmission yeah. at the end? And I'm like, is that Matt Damon in like old man makeup? Yeah. Or did they just cast this really well. It's it's, it's very like like, league like, of their own. Like Yeah, yeah, definitely,
1: yeah. Very similar to um at the end of like uh Avengers uh you know, in game or whatever, it just has that vibe of like old Captain America.
0: (laughs) Yeah, where they just age up crit everything. Like
1: what? Uh, oh man. I one of my favorite characters throughout the film, Edward Burns, he plays private first class Riban. He fucking hates Private Ryan, man. It's so good. He's just such a dick the whole entire time. But you kind of like he's are bored ca- with it. You're like, I mean, I I, I,
0: I like that character. Yeah. And he'd right, you know, yeah. for a lot of the time. But I I like an whole arc about you know, like he nearly leaves and stuff, and yeah, um, coming back. And he sticks out. he'd one of the few. Spoiler. that's the Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then we get my boy Tom Sizemore, Sergeant Ho- Horvath. Man, dude, Tom Sizemore, my boy Tom Sizemore, always funny. Yeah, lock up. I will not. Great. What is it? I will not. Um, I will not suck off or be sucked off by you. <laughs> uh, That's
2: such a good role. He's so good.
1: Yeah,
0: man. and he'd really, he'd really get in there.
1: Okay, so this is crazy. I didn't know this about Tom Sizemore. Um, so he was heavily addicted to heroin private uh, prior to filming *Save It*, Private Ryan in 1997. Mm-hmm. So, in order to keep the movie in line. And to force Sizemore to kick the habit, Spielberg swore to Sizemore that if the actor tested positive for drugs on set, even if it was the last day of shooting, he would, this is a quote, he would fire me on the spot and shoot all 58 days that I worked over again and find someone else to do it. Like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I guess he, you know, kicked it at least in that moment yes dude he's so good in this film he like feels like a perfect sort of like like bulldog for um for tom hanks's character you know what i mean like he's like he's so protective but he's also like you know he's like he he like really goes to fucking like bat form and like fucking like you know just pounces on riben anytime riben's like calling into question like any of the decisions that like Tom Hanks makes in the film and he just like gets so fucking angry and they just like start fighting and shit. It's like, he's so good at that role. So, so funny. He just
0: Yeah. Perfect foil. Perfect person to have next to him and like feels like a real guy. Mm. Like, yeah, the, the, he the seems movie so legit. Well.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. The movie does a good job of um, like, I guess avoiding like a soldier stereotype. I guess some, some of these are like sort of, they start it's quite stuck, you have, you know. Um, but like, I guess just in sort, of, in sort of role, you know, you have like the passive, you know, translator guy who's not there to fight. You have the medic and you have the, you have the sniper and you have all these things, but like, it's just, they all seem like real characters. They all get like at least a moment or like, you know, these, all these like nice character traits that like carry on. Yeah. For as long as you're with them. Mm-hmm. And you can tell like who are the close friends and they have you know, running things with each other. And I I appreciate that. Like Definitely. I think that's just done really well. Maybe that's just up to the casting and the like the actors like really in, inhabit those roles. Yeah. For a long time. Could I imagine they had to go through training and shit to do this film.
1: Oh yeah, they did. <laughs> <laughs> uh we have Barry Pepper playing Private Jackson. So this is the guy you're saying that kinda looks like Alex Winner. Uh, he's the sniper. I, I really like Barry Pepper. Um he was in the Green Mile as well with Tom Hanks. Uh if you've seen that, uh, which is great. I have, yeah, yeah I remember um,
0: he's brilliant. He's
1: he's Just also in, in this baseball like Mr. Baseball. Um leave it Mr. to me. Baseball. Leave it to me to bring up a baseball movie. But he's in this of film course. called like sixty one, which is about the year I think it was in Wait, what even, episode are we in? i think it might have actually been in 1961 but it was like but the number was 61 as well that they were trying it was like a record that um he played this this baseball player named roger maris and they were it was him and mickey Mantle who was like you know mickey Mantle you know was like a fucking classic player legend they were both on the yankees and they were both like um going for the 61 home run record which was uh like so there was like babe ruth it hit 60 and that was the most that anyone had ever hit in a single season but these two guys were very close and they were like heading towards it and he plays roger maris who like literally like had a season of his lifetime like you know never played that well like you know it's not that he wasn't a great player he was but he wasn't like mickey mano great where it made sense for mickey mano to be this good um even though he was like a severe alcoholic and shit but like roger maris like literally like lost his hair from the stress and like barry pepper plays that role and he's so fucking good in it it's a really really good story um but it's like one of these weird like tv movies that you just like i think it's directed
0: by um directed by billy crystal
1: oh yeah yeah because he's like a huge baseball fan yeah 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 oh man i love baseball movies (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, Me too.
1: Anyway, Frank Darabont was hired, speaking of the Green Mile, uh, to dr- yeah. to do uncredited rewrites on and Private Ryan, and he created the role of the Bible quote and sniper, Private Jackson, to be played by none other than country music legend, Garth Brooks. <laughs> like, this is bizarre <laughs> no. to even think about, but Garth Brooks dropped out of the movie after Spielberg came on board because... He cast Tom Hanks in the lead role, and Garth Brooks didn't want to be playing second fiddle to Tom Hanks. I don't know if this was like an ego thing or whatever, or if he was worried about like hanging, like, can I hang with like, this is Tom Hanks? Can I hang with Tom Hanks? Um, (laughs) I think it was a, a bit of an ego thing, but apparently Spielberg offered him a chance to play another role of his choosing. Instead of a specific role, Brooks allegedly said that he wanted to play a bad guy. But in Saving Private Ryan, there's no real bad guy bad other guy. than the entire. You could, be, you could be a German, German army, <laughs> so it's like yeah. <laughs> so Spielberg ultimately decided to drop Garth Brooks from the movie. <sighs> Amazing. What a shame. Yeah.
0: What you know, like you talk about like alternate timeline. Imagine that. Probably yeah,
1: Garth Brooks. Brooks is the fucking sniper. Do you think he would have been singing country songs on the side? The yeah, rather arose, than like doing like... And the lightning strikes. And they're like sitting around <laughs> drinking and stuff and having a good time on, on like leaves. I got friends in low places where the whiskey <laughs> drowns and the beer chases my blues away. Well, I got friends in no place. Just take the fucking shot, Garth. <laughs> <laughs> You're giving away our position, Garth. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, god damn. I we can't believe I all that belt out for a reason. <laughs> that was a real song. <laughs> yeah. I used to be a big Garth Brooks fan, man. When I was a little kid, it was like one of those like things you couldn't like. It was like you know those bands or or musicians or whatever that because your parents liked them, you had to like them. You know, before you went online yourself, and like I remember just being all about that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So rounding up the rest of the cast. I mean, I don't really have much to say about these guys. I didn't really find much. Those are just kind of funny stories about these people. Um, But yeah, like you said, we have Vince. Vin Diesel is uh, Private Carpazzo. We've got. Adam you Goldberg. You forget
0: that Vin Diesel was a good actor. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. before the Fast Furious movie, you and this, forget that, oh, this dude had, like, a career. He yeah. Really
1: and this was, like, early Vin Diesel, too. So it was, like, I think his first role that he'd ever done that he didn't, like, write for himself. Because uh, he's, like, one of those weird actors like who rellic. was actually writing a lot of his own shit and stuff, and he still kind of does. You know, has he has his yeah. hands way into the Fast He had Furious. a very
0: specific yeah. idea of yeah. how he should be
1: viewed. Um, Adam Goldberg plays Private Mellish. I always like Adam Goldberg. He's great. Like he's me really too. good. Um, he's very good he, in this. I love his
0: running thing. It oh, reminds me of Inglorious Bastards. Yeah,
1: like,
0: like a Jewish soldier. And he's fucking proud and he like really wants to show it off. Yeah, the soldier,
1: absolutely. Jewish. You could tell glorious Bastards definitely like riffed a lot off of this. I mean, like you know, because we we were talking about how like stylistically films you know are very much influenced nowadays war films by this movie, but like, just like things yeah. like that, like the whole bastards, like, you know, their whole vibe was like that, like the Mellish character. Cause they were a bunch of ragtag Jewish characters who were just like, yeah, fuck the Nazis, <laughs> you know? And it's great. His, his role is great. And he fits so nicely in as well. Like where it's funny, like, because it's like America, I don't know. You're talking about like, you know, ha- having like a, common cause to like join the war effort and stuff with america like you mm-hmm. know um in all the other i guess nations and stuff you know like you know for taking down the nazis like being this clear-coated bad guy and stuff but it's all always like really hypocritical as well because like you can't like not be mean to your own people and stuff yeah maybe you aren't like you know Doing what the Nazis did, but at the same time, you're v- being hypocritical if you're pretending like there isn't racism amongst, like, you know, American people who, or, or any other places in Europe as well. Against I mean, at the, stuff, at the same time in
0: America, yeah. at the same time, they have the Japanese internment camp. Absolutely. So, like,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and insane. It's like, you know, it's one of those things, like, you know, we're tiptoeing into, like, conspiracy territory here, but, like... Um, you know, s- similar to like we were mentioning a little bit about last week with uh, you know, in three hundred. If I this is probably on the second half, if, if it actually made it to people's airwaves yet. Um, <laughs> where I, yeah. I, I was bringing up the whole thing about George Bush, like you know, the whole George Bush thing with Xerxes character mm. and stuff, and it's, it's yeah, who it's, with George Bush? Yeah, and it's like it's this similar sort of thing here with like you know, there's people who would maybe believe that like um, America maybe knew about this you know what was going on with Pearl Harbor and kind of provoked heard, it yeah, and let it happen. Story, yeah. Because they make a lot more money to just being in go. the war effort. Like they were making so much money, you know, anyway. And they like, just
0: needed a provocation. Yeah. They needed public support.
1: And it's fucking crazy but like after the war and actually kind of during the war but it was like the one thing that kind of was really pulling like the economy together <laughs> it was like the war which is crazy it pulled them out of the depression so i mean it's
0: both time like you have the roaring
1: 20s lots of wealth yeah in
0: america in that time in the metropolitan areas and stuff and in the 50s you have like the baby boomer generation and like everybody going to the suburb and like all the um, again, like this prosperity and like nowhere to put it, but yeah, war is always good for the economy.
1: Yeah, so we can add in an addendum to uh, war. What is it good for? Hollywood movies and it's like war. What is it good for? The economy. <laughs> the economy. <laughs> uh, okay, so we yeah we had Giovanni Rubisi who plays the the medic. Oh man. Well, actually, we can go back to Adam Goldberg as well because both of these characters have some pretty horrific like deaths. Because uh, Adam Their Goldberg's death, death was the hardest. Disgusting. It's, it's like, so oh.
0: slow. That was the that was the bit I was talking about. That I was like getting physically enraged. watching. Yeah. I was getting upset at what was happening,
1: and I was getting upset at
0: the. I forget
1: the name. Corporal of the Upham. Character. Yeah, Upham. Upham. played by Jeremy Davies. Yeah.
0: And he completely freezes and collapses on the stairs. Yeah. And he just, he's right fucking there and he can't do it, but he's like never really shot a gun before yeah. either. I mean, and he done get that moment after, but like, and it made me hate him,
2: but yeah,
0: it, yeah, I was annoyed that I felt that because like, he shouldn't be put in that yeah. position, but like it was, it just watching that unfold. It was so drawn out and it was so painful, mm. you know?
1: I, I kind of meant to say this earlier, like, um, because the film really is like known and like it's legend for that opening scene. But I kind of actually always forget how actually, you know, it actually has like a really fucking stacked ending, right? You know, it's a stellar ending. Like, it's it's very a lot going on. It's intense.
0: I poured like two hours in for a break. Yeah. And it was right when they had found Ryan and they were talking about the bridge. And I was like, okay, we're going into the end, right? There can't be long left, but it look like there's like another 45 minutes and yeah. I'm like, shit, this ending is going to be, it's very much like it's a, it's a pretty perfect, like three act structure. Yeah. that the whole opening landing on the beach and then they're looking for Ryan and then they're trying to secure the bridge. Yeah. And that's basically it. And it's just, it's all that. And then the rest is just all character stuff. Yeah. But yeah. That ending, that whole sequence is just as intense and he's smart. He doesn't have a lot of though did obviously a lot of action sequences in it but like nothing as long or as intent at the beginning and the end they really stand out and no that whole last bit is fucking insane yeah so great and completely different
1: i like how it all kind of like gets pieced together it's like it really is a good film because of like like you know he really like pieced these stories together, the beats and the moments and everything sort of leads to another and all kind of has purpose and stuff. Nothing really feels like it's yeah. really out of place. Like, cause you have It the death of, of Giovanni Ribisi's character. And that's when they, oh. uh, kind of, they kind of go off on this they crazy machine gun. Yeah. Going for the machine gun. To, they don't need to do it, but it's like, and it adds more like, you know, what are we doing this for? I thought we were doing this at this guy. And,
0: this is what I meant when I would like, cause it was right after they sort of caught him with a shaky hand and it felt like Tom Hanks character Miller, sorry, um, had something to prove in that yeah. moment and it lead him, it lead them to make a really irrational choice yeah. and they're all telling him not to do it. Yeah. Um, and there's a, there's a, there's a weird, that's like an ongoing thing of like, you know, like him being forced into position where he just doesn't know what to do sometimes. Yeah. And like not always taking advice and then refusing to, and then, obviously taking people to invite them and being like a nice mix of ideas. Um, but yeah, that, that's how I, that's how I read that whole thing. And, but that death, I think in particular, I think was the hardest to watch because he's the fucking medic. He's yeah. The doctor, yeah. And you know, and knows like, fuck, what's happening. Yeah. yeah. He knows what's happening to him. He's doing it on himself, but they like tell it, they're like, tell us what to do. And he knows right away that he's like a dead man.
1: Yeah it's like and it's so sad. just order, give me another hit, hit them you know. for,
0: yeah it's so and, and the art uh, the hands like fuck, it could make me teary but they're like you know put pressure on it and it's just all their hands on his body and they're just covered in blood it's just fucking yeah beautiful. yeah it's just like such a fucking tragic shot um amazing no it's fucking
1: yeah horrible i movie. i can't remember all these
0: beats there's so many of them
1: I was when I got the idea to do this season I was like watching so many war films and like I thought it was in this one with the whole like you know give me another hit of morphine and um cuz he knew that that was going to kill him basically you know he they, like you know you knew that was just going yeah. to you know just kill him, him out of the um but there was a, there's another film and I think it might be in one that's coming up uh where that gets used to, again it's like it, it happens in one of the films um it might be when we get into vietnam uh but yeah it's like it's it's so fucked up man because you just know like yeah this is it and just give me another hit just kind of put me out and you're just watching him fade and he's calling for his mom and it's just fucking sad but the, they do
0: that a lot that, like the soldiers done the dying soldiers calling for them
1: yeah yeah and there's just kids man and then like that whole thing leads to another gruesome death because during that taking of the the machine gun, they capture a prisoner and they make him dig the holes so that they can bury their fallen soldier. And they debate over whether or not they should kill him, but Corporal Upham Upham takes it upon himself to like basically like kind of be nice to this guy, and they don't kill mm. him and they sure let mercy. him. He basically kind of like talks them into showing mercy. Yeah, and Tom Hanks just like. Just okay, yeah. You fucking walk off, and you know, you he, surrender yourself, you surrender to, yourself to the next Same. people. But of course, he doesn't do that because in the final sequence, he's back, he back. and he's fucking the one he's who the kills one. Private Mellish. Yeah, Adam Goldberg character. Of, yeah, and that's a gruesome fucking oh no fight oh, and the fucking no, knife. No, he
0: no he no he's not that guy. He's the guy who shoots Tom Hanks. Yeah, but he he's, he's
1: like there, He's he is the one, right? He stabs he, him and no, he goes by he, and he sees up him on the stairs and he kind of like in a way no, is like kind of laughing the same about guy. It. I think it is. Is it not?
0: I don't think it's the same guy. I think he only showed up right at the end because like the camera like focused on his face. Well, he looks the and, same. like up him like checks can't him. tell Nazi's you
1: know.
0: They, <laughs> I don't see uniform. <laughs> you might be right, but I thought they were different yeah. guys. But okay. yeah, but and Upam have to but...
1: fucking Anyway, he's up, there. The only, he's there. And he's the end. only
0: person and he's yeah. the only person Upham kills. Fucking brutal, man. It's just like it it's just like they're right everybody's right and everybody's wrong. Yeah. You know?
1: The the whole thing though with the Upham character though is like it's easy to get really angry at his decisions and stuff, but it's like at the same time you could very easily crumble under all of this stress and pressure and That's like, what I was saying. Uh, yeah. fucking fear and everything. Like anyone could be in that position anyone who's trying to act like they're fucking tough and hard and they wouldn't do that. It's like, like Shut the you don't know, man, <laughs> <laughs> like you could have easily been doing that. Yeah. Mm. Fuck off. Um, yeah. So there's uh Dennis Farina, Ted Danson, and uh, as characters, you kind of see along the ways they're going step by step, you know, which is like fun. I nice like that. I
0: like them like meeting, like different yeah. companies along the way and what they're doing, like in different yeah. towns and
1: stuff. I think there's the, the one of the funniest ones though is Paul Giamatti because they like, when they meet him, he's just like, he's he just like complaining him. about his feet the whole time. And his back yeah. is messed yeah, up. And old lady like, feet. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, Oh, my ankles. And then he like, he goes to sit down and, and that scene's insane. Oh, he sits down good. on the wall and it just the all collapses. <laughs> and then all the German and soldiers are there. Like fuck that crazy standoff, and then like Ted Danson's character appears, and like just they clean house and kill all the German soldiers. But yeah, it's just Jesus, like what a time to to just sit down and take a take a load off, eh? So with that (laughs) ration time.
0: It's Russian time. 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 It's Russian time.
2: It's Russian time. It's
0: Russian time. It's Russian time. <laughs> Ooh, here we go. Oh my God, I'm so excited.
1: What do you have, Phil?
0: What do you have? Just go ahead and... Because well, I know it's, yeah, it's definitely
1: going it. to be better than what I have. So,
0: Oh, it's way better. Um, you always somehow so, get
1: the magical stuff. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Well, well you know, you are paid to have friends and I play them. So, what's the pool up to now? <laughs> 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 yeah, you know, we we do eventually find out where Captain Miller from. Yes.
1: Yeah. I can't remember. And exactly I don't want to hear he it. From. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to hear
0: it. I remember John. what he does. He's from Pennsylvania.
1: Oh yeah, 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 yeah.
0: And That's one of my favorite snacks. I don't. Th- I might have done this before. I hope I haven't. One of my favorite snacks. I've got like three bags in the cabinet. In the cabinet. I think I know what country. you're gonna pull
1: out. And if you do, yeah. it's exactly what I had last night while I was watching Nope on the big screen. I took it yeah. to the
0: cinema. It- it's it's some American inspired yeah. inspired snack, Penn State baked pretzel uh-huh. sour cream and chive.
1: Well, I had the regular yeah. ones last night, but I did have Penn the State salted baked one. pretzels.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I haven't tried the I haven't tried the regular the salted ones. Yeah. I love these. This is one of my favorite snacks, and you know, it just makes this whole experience. You know, being sent out here just so much better. Yeah, I get these snacks. They're just so flavorful. Is
1: Dusty sending you like a care package or something? Like, you're just getting all this good shit? Like, because I'm getting like the army rations and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on?
0: Yeah, she's sending me stuff. You're not getting anything from Julia?
1: I mean, Maybe because you haven't written her yet. I've written her like... It's been weeks, dude. I've written her like... She must be worried. A letter a day for 365 days, you know.
0: If she's a bird, you're a bird.
1: Sorry, no, I'm sorry. I was thinking about... Yeah, the notebook again. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, sexy movie.
0: I indeed a great. I these are dangerous to have in the house. They're danger food. I just, I just can't, I eat a whole fucking bag. I love
1: them. I can't. Remember. I feel like I maybe have had the sour cream and chives one before, but like I'm, a, um, I'm, I'm like a boring person, Phil. Like I, I love like because we've had this conversation before. Like when we were talking mm-hmm. about like crisp and stuff. I know we were talking about like the baked like walkers and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I like the original, just like ready salted. So good. (laughs) Like, so that's how I am with the pretzels, man. I just love the regular pretzels. This is like
0: an evolution for me. Like I'm not big on pretzels in general, but like I love sour cream and flavor, like my favorite dip for like, if I'm having like chips, like nachos or something. And like the Pringle sour cream and and flavor, it's like my favorite Pringle. And this I had, just, they kept giving them to me on the plane. To New York, <laughs> yeah, and I just fell in love. That's where I've had some co-op. of those.
1: Yeah, that. Yeah, I remember? Yeah, they give you the little bag, a little bag, and then
0: yeah. coming home, and they they have the co-op, and I'm like, yep. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Honestly, I, I don't know how many bags. they're I've had
1: Really
2: good.
0: Um, since I've gotten back from New York?
1: Well, how many uh, sticky bombs are you putting on tanks? With that's what socks? I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I stole yours, so now you have to think of something. Sticky new. bomb. <laughs>
0: You know what? Two weeks in a row, it's a perfect five. Perfect five. All right. I would be lying if it was anything else because I've eaten so much of these. Yeah. That's good. In my lifetime. In the last like, year I've had them.
1: Well, Phil, it's another...
0: Show me your fantastical ration.
1: It's another uh, episode in another war, a new war. Um, and my rations seem to have uh, upgraded... Very similarly, okay. the way the American rations upgraded during World War One to World War II. Um, so, yeah, last time I was unfortunately stuck with uh, uh, corned beef. So, I don't know if this is going to be like an upgrade or, you know, a good upgrade or not. But um, this is uh, apparently what they were having during World War II. It is a uh, can of spam. Spam. Um the good thing is, if you can yeah. see, it's got an easy pull oh, tab. So I don't have to figure out yeah, this the key. Yeah,
0: because you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Never felt so useful. You choose your bayonet knife. Don't you have one of those? <laughs> oh, my God. Again, another thing that smells like cat food.
0: Here comes T V. All right. Why would they let you bring
1: TV? I told you last week she's a good editor. Or at least I told him that in <laughs> case okay, so if I get shot oh, yeah. and they send me on the line okay so these guys are like like layered right it's just like a oh my god it, it looks exactly the same as the last time I thought it was going to be like a slice <laughs> of of spam now nah, man. oh no it's not it's just like uh, you have to slice it yourself it's a chunk you have to squeeze the whole thing out and then you slice it yourself <laughs> it Amazing.
0: literally it literally looks like cat food
1: great yeah alright so it doesn't smell as bad as the corned beef. So I'm actually kind of happy about Good. that. But it looks disgusting. Um, I don't know if I've ever chunks. had spam before. I can't remember.
0: I've never had spam. I love the can.
1: Yeah. The can's kind of cool. a big chunk. It looks very classic, that logo and stuff. Like this could have been yeah, from yeah. 19 points. Yeah, Probably hasn't
0: changed since World War Two. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's, Here let's we get in.
1: Okay. Right, I can actually fuck with this. This is not. It's not great, but <laughs> if I was forced to it's eat edible. this, which I apparently am, I feel like you can actually you could actually do more with Might this. Be like eating corn, it for a while. Corn beef, <laughs> corn beef isn't as fun. Like I can't. I can't be inspired. I mean, I'm looking on the back of the can here, and you can see there's like eggs and chips and spam and uh, eggs. Yeah, yeah, spam. I feel like you can you can go wild with this, and it actually it's okay. Go hog
0: wild, yeah. All right. Well, it's not know, bad. Improvement from last week. So, and it'll keep you alive.
1: It tastes like, which I'm I can't remember if I've actually had spam or not, but it tastes like something in America, is, um, called which I don't know if I've ever seen them around here or not. Which is funny because it's a very European name. Vienna sausages. Have you ever heard of those? They're like these little teeny. No, so. They look literally. They're this color as well. So maybe it's the same shit. <laughs> like a little. It looks like a little teeny portion of a like a, of a of a hot dog or a wiener. You know, like. But it's like. Um, it's it seems like, like, you like you know, vague meat
0: products are weird because, like, what even if yeah. is them? Ham.
1: I don't. The know ham mixed
0: with what? Yeah. You know what I mean. Um, it's it's pork, like the leftover the
1: runoff. Starch, water, salt. Ham? So it's pork and ham? But isn't ham pork? (laughs) (laughs) Not all ham and
0: pork, but all pork and ham?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm confused. It's 89% pork. Starch, water, salt. Ham, 2%. So what does that mean? Sugar, and then stabilizer. What is stabilizer? It keeps you from having the shake. I actually, you know, to be honest, I think Steve did appear. She rubbed against my leg. Mm-hmm. But I don't. Uh, she must have left. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's not it's not that bad. If okay, I was how forced many... to eat this for the rest of the time, I actually would be all right.
0: OK, well, that might happen. So how mm-hmm. many American flags are you going to give it? Just, you know, blowing in the wind.
1: I'll give it two. Two flags. Two. And you know what, Phil? Fuck it. I'm getting some more. I've actually got two American flags right here.
0: That's, wait, right. <laughs> yeah. Can I add my That's, can of
1: spam in there as well?
0: Yeah. That's beautiful, thank you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so, you know what, Phil, I might make fun of America a lot, but I fucking love America. You know, it's like it's still my home. It's a great, mm-hmm. great country and stuff. You know, we make stupid decisions, but I'm sure people who live here in the UK really like the UK as well, even though it's run by idiots and they make stupid decisions and stuff. But, you know, it's like, you know, you can still I think there's a degree of caring about your place that you're from and your country and you can love it without going full blown overboard with patriotism. And I have these flags because it was like a 4th of July thing. And, you know, even though that's kind of fucked up as well, but whatever. You know, <laughs> I, I, I wanted to show your pride. Kind of, I kind of like the American flag. It's kind of a cool flag, in my opinion. You know, I think yeah. it looks cool. It's interesting. I
2: it's can't majestic. say as much
1: for the English flag. It's very boring. It's not very nice. Even though it's the same <laughs> colors. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, that photo just popped up. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, go. she's rubbing up against my leg and stuff. So she I'm wants that fucking spam. See if she'll eat a little piece of it. Do you wanna Just sniffing? Go on. And she's not hammer. sure. Yeah. Smart. All right, I can fuck with the spam. All right. Let's get back into this. All right, so before filming began, several of the film stars, including Edward Burns, Tom Sizemore, Barry Pepper, Vin Diesel, Adam Goldberg, Giovanni Ribisi, and Tom Hanks, endured 10 days of a boot camp training led by Marine veteran Dale Die in Warriors Incorporated, which is a California company that specializes in training actors for realistic military portrayals. They even let that guy come in. I think he was a part of the scene where they're taking like you know the news to the general or whatever or whoever the guy was to make the decision. You know that like oh we're gonna go save Private Ryan. So he was he was actually in the film as well. Um, Matt Damon was trained separately so that the rest of the group whose characters were all supposed to feel resentment towards Damon could not bond with him. So that's a great idea. That's I love a good when touch. the films. Yeah, I love when they do that in filmmaking. Just like, you know, they go
0: method just, with it. Yeah.
1: Go method. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The film's uh, second scene, which is the, you know, the 20 minute long <laughs> recounting <coughs> of the be- landing on the beaches in Normandy. Um, Spielberg uh, chose to include this particularly violent sequence in order to bring the audience into the stage with me specifically noting that he did not want the audience to be spectators, but rather uh, to demand them to be participants with these kids who had never seen combat before in real life and get on top of Omaha Beach together. So he would just wanted... I think that's why he shot it the way he shot it. He just wanted you to fucking be in there. Be in <laughs> It's there. fucking intense. Fucking work. Because the actual beaches in Normandy are... at uh, where the Allied forces invaded France are pretty strict about filming locations, the D-Day scenes needed to be shot elsewhere, so Spielberg wanted an almost exact replica of Omaha Beach landscape for the movie, um, including similar sand and bluff similar to the one where the German forces were stationed. So a near match was found in Ireland, actually, in uh, uh, Ballinesker Beach in Wexford. Over 2,500 Irish Reserve Army troops were recruited to betray the Allied forces storming the beach. The scene alone cost $12 million because of the logistical difficulties and the realistic scope. And the entire budget of the movie was only $70 million, So more huh. than 15% of that was on the opening sequence.
0: But goddamn, they're it worth it. Just give them all yeah. the money in the world if, he, if that's what you're going to give you.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Uh, As I mentioned earlier, Spielberg and the cinematographer Yanis Kaminsky... Sorry. Spam in my throat. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. They modeled the look of the film after actual newsreel footage from the era and converted the modern lenses of the film's shooting cameras to make them capture images more like cameras from the 1940s. They also modeled the look of the D-Day footage sequence on the beat... Uh, on the bleached-out, grainy look of the D-Day photography shot by fame photojournalist Robert Kappa. Spielberg didn't storyboard any of the D-Day sequence. He said that you wanted spontaneous reactions and wanted to let the action inspire the camera shots, not the other way around. That's insane. Nice.
0: That's what I mean. <laughs> like he, he completely changed up his style. Yeah. Like For 20 years of filmmaking, he just like, no, I'm just not going to do that. Yeah. And it totally pays off
1: because of the logistics of shooting a completely destroyed French city would be impossible. The fictional bombs bombed out city of Rommel. So yeah, that's not a real place was created entirely at the Hatfield aerodrome, which is a now closed world war II base located about 30 miles outside of London. I wanted Uh, to talk
0: about that. Watching it. I was just like, did they build (laughs) a real city? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which is crazy. The entire half demolished city took four months to build. Um, to add more believability to the area, tons of rubble was purchased, purchased from uh, nearby construction sites, which is great in London because there's always construction sites everywhere, so they just you name added it, that we got to the it. set. Yeah, The costumes were nearly all handmade as well, which is insane. They found actual World War II era uniforms too costly to buy and maintain, so 3,500 custom-made military uniforms were created to outfit all of the actors. And for the D-Day sequence alone, 2,000 weapons were created, 500 of which could shoot blanks, and the remaining 1,500 were rubber replicas. Mm -hmm. So, Save and Private Ryan opened in July 1998 atop the U.S. box office and remained the top film in the country for four weeks. By the end of its run, it had made... $216.5 Two hundred and sixteen point five million dollars in the United States and Canada, and made four hundred and eighty one point eight million dollars worldwide oh, on that seventy shit. million dollar budget. Yeah, it was the highest grossing film in the United States and the second highest grossing film um, in in the world, worldwide in nineteen ninety eight. So yeah, mm-hmm. did big business. The first highest grossing film is funny because it's not the it's not yeah the, what beat it it's weird because it's still an American movie. So it just didn't, it made more money elsewhere was Armageddon. Oh, funny. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh my God. Again, yeah. Michael oh, Bay. Michael Bay won. <laughs> Michael Bay got <laughs> a fucking. Got his yeah. That, so that's
1: the thing. It didn't make sense if like Michael Bay actually was all for this. Cause he, he did, uh he did, he was making a film that year in Armageddon. So I don't really know if he, yeah, it's, I don't know. I had no idea if that's true or not. I just it came across my. Do you think he research, was just like
0: Spielberg yeah. only saving one guy? My movie about <laughs> saving the whole world, hope from an asteroid, whole planet.
1: <laughs> what, what do you want? <laughs> I love like yeah. I I can't remember what I was listening to but one time. I was watching something about like they're taking down like. I think it was the the science behind Armageddon. It was just like really hilarious because it was just like, dude, this is so bizarre. <laughs> like it's so bizarre. Like who created this? Like this is so dumb. It's like let's send Bruce Willis in to tell all these scientists that they're fucking idiots. It's like
2: <laughs> fuck you, you don't know what you're doing,
1: man. Like you want well, to it's like, take out this asteroid? <laughs> it's like that great.
0: I remember Ben Affleck asking that. He was just like. Why would it be easier to train like f- professional like drillers to be yeah. astronauts rather than just like train astronauts to be like able to drill into rock? And he asked <laughs> yeah. Michael Bay that and Michael Bay apparently just told him to fuck off or <laughs> something. Fuck you. <laughs> shut up. Yeah. Just do you want do you wanna be in Pearl
1: Harbor? Do you want do you to, want be, to be in Pearl Harbor? Harbor? Shut,
0: shut the fuck up. Then shut the, shut fuck up. the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Keep that shit to
1: yourself. Exactly. Do you wanna you wanna do you want to get? Because Matt Damon, I, I mean, I don't hear him complaining over there. Spielberg said, "You know, do you, do you want yeah. that for
2: yourself? You wanna, do you want that? Yeah, for you?
0: Do, you want, do you want to be Private Ryan?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> Critics loved "Save It, Private Ryan." The movie was lauded for its veracity. Roger Ebert gave it four stars out of four and called it a powerful experience. Gene Siskel, his co-host and also critic of the Chicago Tribune at the time, said, "The film accomplishes something I had been taught." Was almost difficult, making an action-filled anti-war film or at least one that doesn't in some way glorify glorify or lie about combat. Mm. Janet Maslin of the New York Times said that it was the finest war movie of our time. However, the realism and the intensity did not sit well with everybody. Uh many World War II veterans said that the it was the most realistic depiction of war they had ever seen, but Also, many veterans ended up having to leave the theaters during the D-Day sequence due to PTSD reactions.
0: Yeah, I could fucking imagine.
1: Yeah. The Department of Veteran Affairs set up a nationwide hotline for veterans who were affected by the film. And less than two weeks after the film was released, it had already received over 170 calls. But the film did also gain criticism from some veterans. Film director and military veteran Oliver Stone has accused the film of promoting the worship of World War II as the good war. <laughs> That's what I would think. Yeah. And he's placed it alongside films such as Gladiator, Black Hawk Down, and he believes they're well-made but may have inadvertently contributed to Americans' readiness for the 2003 invasion of Iraq. In defense of the film's Portrait of Warfare... Do I say his name? Can I say his name? Am I allowed? Uh,
0: yeah, I think... Yeah, I mean, we're safe over here, right? I hope so. Yeah, we'll fine. Brian De Palma
1: commented...
0: <sighs> what the fuck has he got to say now?
1: The level of violence in something like Saving Private Ryan makes sense because Spielberg is trying to show something about the brutality of what happened. So he went to back for his boy. Yeah. He, you know, okay. Maybe he's okay with. He Skrull. didn't talk he just shit. He doesn't like, like George Lucas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's like you. Yeah. <laughs> maybe you can bond over that. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I did. I mean, I didn't say this last time, but I did kind of, you know, you know, because I had to make my escape, you know, when I was in yeah. the BAFTA tank. And yeah. Yeah. Out, yeah. Um, to not in the BAFTA tank. Well, I I basically had to kill a lot of uh of uh sand people. I was kinda of forced to basically massacre a whole village just to get yeah. away. Um, yeah. you know. So he might the be No wonder they mad.
0: fucking drafted you for this one.
1: Yeah. He might be kinda <laughs> mad that I killed a whole ra a whole, you know whole party the whole tribe of the whole, Tuscan yeah. Raiders.
0: But they're you know what? I just think they're not very nice, they're tough, committed. And I think yeah. Brian De Palma shouldn't be You know what, I think he'd be more mad that we didn't talk about Hidden War film.
1: Well, you know, it's a cron pod, so we haven't made it to yeah. Vietnam yet, so he doesn't know that yet. But <laughs> he it's will not know on that the list it's not, it's not on the list. <laughs> We're not not talking about that one. Actually, Phil said in the first war film episode that we weren't talking about that movie. so (laughs) We're
0: going to remind you every
1: episode. (laughs) Uh, uh, Actor Richard Todd, who performed in The Longest Day and was among the first Allied soldiers to land in Normandy, a part of Operation Tonga, said that the film was rubbish and overdone. And American <laughs> academic <Rubbish>. Paul, Fusel, <laughs> uh, Paul Fusel, who also saw some combat in France during World War II, objected to what he described as the way Spielberg's saving Private Ryan, and after an honest, harrowing 15 minute opening, visualiz- visualizing details of the unbearable bloody mess of Omaha Beach, degenerated into harmless, uncritical, patriotic performance apparently designed to thrill 12 year old boys during summer bad film season its genre was pure cowboys and Indians and the virtuous cowboys, of course, victorious.
0: (laughs) Are they victorious though? Jesus Christ. I feel like you watch a different movie. Like I'm not watching that. You know, I don't watch that being like, I want to be a cowboy. You know, I want to go to war. It's literally the opposite.
1: Yeah. I mean, like I kind of get like, because there are those elements of the patriotism that are kind of like hammered in this film a bit. It's like, yeah, I, to, like, I and I did say that. It's one it, of the uh, things I think are kind of stupid about this film. It's like you know, mm-hmm. it's like the patriotism. But I appreciate that it's doing something different. That we're not talking about like another mm-hmm. film in a row where someone's hammering on how fucking horrible war is. Mm-hmm. Not that I, you know, I it want can't all be bleak But yeah, we we you know. We, it's good to have a difference of war films each week that we're talking about where it's not all like anti-war sentiments that there is mm. a, a patriotic spin on it. And then, you mm. know, there could be other, you know, we're going to get into a lot of anti-wars as we go. But I, I like yeah. I like that, you know, it's a good mix because we're going to have some like misconstruing of like, you know, ideas of what the films are about. And uh, yeah, a more of that 300 vibe, you know, where people are just getting really <laughs> hyped on, a film that they read completely wrong or something, but I can't wait. (laughs) Well, the film was nominated for numerous awards, including five golden globes, winning best picture and best director, as well as 11 Academy award nominations, including best picture, best actor for Tom Hanks and best original screenplay. It would controversially lose best picture to Shakespeare in love.
0: I can't believe that. I read that earlier today and I was just like, like, i've not seen shakespeare in love i don't need to to say it's better it's not better than yeah. david right i seriously doubt that
1: yeah but who it's the funny fuck because is talking
0: about shakespeare in love now
1: what we're talking about next week was in that same category and it also lost to shakespeare in love it's interesting sure. Yeah, there was a, a lot of, of war, World War II films during that year, man. That like, late 90s, everybody
0: was just on it. they are doing
1: I don't know. 50 but years? Maybe. 50. But like, yeah, it I was did, 50 years. I did say that, like, um, you know, like uh, The Thin Red Line was that same year as well. So it's like, it's funny. Mm-hmm. What we're talking about next week was also in that same year. <laughs> uh, so yeah, anyway. Um, but it did end up winning Best Cima- Cinematography, Best Sound. Best sound effects, editing, Definitely. best film editing, and best director for Steven Spielberg, which was his second win. So everything got best,
0: best picture. Like, who gives a yeah. fuck about Shakespeare in Love? Like, you're, you're saying this film did everything better, right? Yeah. It had better writing, better, ed- well, better editing, and better visual effects, better sound, better direction. Yeah. I, d- I don't understand when they split those ones. Like, if you're saying this is the best directed movie, but not the best film, I yeah. don't
1: understand. Shakespeare in Love Done. was a weird one, too, because it was also like the it was like the same year that Elizabeth came out. So the first Elizabeth film that Kate Blanchett mm-hmm. starred in. And this is crazy. Like, I, I can't imagine it because I can't imagine her ever winning an Oscar. But Gwyneth Paltrow won an Oscar. For best leading actress for Shakespeare in Love. And that was not only was it the fact that the film won Best Picture, but Gwyneth Paltrow also beat Kate Blanchett for the Queen, uh, for Elizabeth, someone, for playing the someone Queen. Someone
0: being bribed. Someone yeah. being bribed there. Like, what the, the fuck did Shakespeare here. in Love have over <laughs> the other yeah. movie? That's so strange.
1: Yeah. All right. But anyway, the film is often considered one of the best films of all time and one of the best war movies of all time and being a big influence on other war films to follow, such as, as I mentioned earlier, Tarantino's Inglourious Bastards*, Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk, and even Christopher Nolan himself consulted with Spielberg on how to portray the war scenes in Dunkirk because of this movie. So, yeah.
0: Just do what I did, but put Harry Styles in it.
1: <laughs> is that Spielberg okay,
0: Spielberg's okay Steven. yeah I, was, I, I got confused <laughs> listen Nolan okay Steven. this is what you got okay this is what you <laughs> got to do right what I did with favourite <laughs> private Ryan was right? I did it I did it in Ireland I went to a proper beach and everything and I just I went in there I just got down on my knees in the dirt with my camera just got a blowing <laughs> body parts off fucking mental mate
1: weird that's the most british you've ever sounded like you know it's funny like your accent <laughs> like it is a british accent yeah, I, have though, a pre- so. I have a
0: pretty neutral accent i think yeah,
1: yeah. but yeah you, you went pretty fucking hardcore though. that was pretty only accurate. took
0: 150 episodes <laughs>
1: <laughs> well phil now we move on from world war Two. well the actually world we, war II. Just, we decided to stay in world war Two. Uh, because yeah. we decided there are other stories that can be told from said war that aren't always the big thing we're strictly missing. on the battlefield. So, okay, so F- Spielberg has given us a couple examples, you know, of of this with his 1987 film *Empire of the Sun*, which tells the story of a young boy who becomes a prisoner of war in Japan in an internment camp during World War II, and also largely with his big harrowing 1993 Academy Award winning Holocaust movie Schindler's List.
0: And we talked about doing Schindler's List. We, but did. we didn't want we didn't want one director to have the
1: Yeah, absolutely. That was sort of the thing we were kind of like, you know, let's let's not give it all cuz we could have easily done it. It's like you could easily have done a
0: double bill could have been fine. Yeah.
1: But we decided to go down a similar path next week, you know, you know with a holocaust movie but it's something a little bit different and it's a little bit like mm. i don't want to s- say lighthearted <laughs> but it is a little bit more lighthearted but it's also not because god damn no. fuck you man <laughs> like,
0: i hope this oh man i hope that movie broke you
1: you bastard uh so this film that we are mentioning is roberto Benini's life is beautiful or la vita bella dude holy shit <laughs> the bad. ah oh man yeah you guys you have no idea what you're in for watch that movie go watch it go watch that movie uh it's interesting there's a lot it. that i think we can talk about with that i'm looking forward to it so yeah, yeah. Jeez. Jeez, louise well phil man i hope
0: i hope the your ration next week is beautiful as well
1: yeah be honest I don't think I I already know
0: what mine I already know what mine is gonna be yeah me too it's gonna be better than what you have um I I got I got the care package already
1: I I literally can't make I don't I just like I can't pick light because of the subject matter so we're gonna have like a traditional snack time with that even though it'll still be under I guess guys ration time so
0: (laughs) okay I'm still eating that spam it's gone off (laughs) been sat in the heat too long
1: It's still better than corned beef. Yeah. But you
0: know, it's not great. Not only a few, (laughs) you know, that's not saying much. Yeah. A bullet to the head is better than corned beef. It
1: really is, almost. Like, that was miserable. (laughs) It was really miserable. Oh my God. You'd be
0: really tempted if you had those two options yeah. in front of you. You'd be like, I don't
1: know, man. <laughs> also, it's just like I really don't if want. You just it was shoot really me mad. in the head. I don't have to figure out how to like open this can right
0: now. <laughs> like, what if it was like like a shot to the head? Man, you're like, oh, that was close. <laughs> <off> the
2: <laughs> oh, dude, that scene. The There's so yeah. this
1: film, man. This film's crazy, dude. Saving Private Ryan. Great. Go watch it if you haven't seen it. Don't go. And go watch Life Is Beautiful. Oh, definitely. Next week. If you have never seen yeah. it you know actually you and know don't what? go to war Phil. i'm excited to talk about it because we don't talk about many films that are like you know that are like not english language movies like we've very rarely that was done part that. of the so, reason as well yeah, it's good it's yeah. good to have something different so anyway phil um before i tell everybody to you know hey follow us on you know twitter and patreon. stuff at pcc podcast yeah, and hit us up on patreon if you want to support us it's uh, patreon.com forward slash pcc podcast uh well i've done that now so i don't have to do it later um how 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 far yeah, have you gotten in good. your film you were on leave for a week or two you know well, actually yeah too because you know we had that young sheldon thing happen that incident or was it an occurrence was it a moment like it was something
0: for me it was an incident yeah. <laughs> But for you, it was like a happening. It was a
1: happening. That was the one I was looking for, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the happening. Yeah.
0: Um, I don't want to talk about it. Okay. The same number it was last time. I haven't, you know. I've been busy. Yeah. Obviously. Were you about like 40- Trying to keep those-
1: 40-some minutes in or something?
0: Yeah, the, the let's say around 40
1: minutes. That's, that's pretty the good, man. It. Well, cool, Phil. I, I'm glad you're, um, you know, you're mm. things are cool. You know, people in your life are okay for now, and we're like picking up, we're moving on, we're back in the shit.
2: We're
0: we're picking up the pieces, like yeah. I'm just shoving that all back in my stomach. (laughs) I'm gonna throw it up, take some morphine, and I'm gonna
1: hit the dusty road. (laughs) Yeah, just. I'm glad things are going well though, and I'm I'm hoping you can get back into your editing soon and stuff, and. uh, you
0: know, I'll try. I've yeah. been trying to get computer time, but then they're, they're you know they're weird about that here.
1: Yeah, it's kind of weird. It's like
0: it's, 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 it's as if they think that's not like a you know valuable use of my time. It's
1: like what else do we have to do when we're not doing this? We only do this like once a week, so it's like what else are we doing?
0: <laughs> it feels like we're just waiting to. Why do am just, I
1: here? <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> like, like let me let I me know. just. I got like, the, on the gun internet.
0: in a bag. <laughs> yeah. I hope they don't like make a go on a beach. like.
1: I mean, most of these that. guys are just look- sitting in chairs like playing with drones anyway on computers. You may as well allow you allow us to get on the internet or something, you know?
0: Exactly. I'm just trying to look up bass tabs. This? What, you know? if this, what if this fucking China? I'm just trying to look up. I'm just trying to get my blue apron. I'm just
1: trying to look up base tabs, you know? So.
0: I can't really hear what you're doing. Is this Skype song again?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh. Yeah. I was, I, you might know it. Did you ever listen to CKY? Yeah. I know we talked about the movies and stuff. Yeah. I know you watch the movies, but. I like people.
0: Out. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I can't do. I can't get this. Out. I bought a base for myself for my birthday. So my birthday is like. Is it the week this episode comes out? <laughs>
0: Maybe happy birthday to John everybody.
1: Yeah, I think it is
0: Oh man I'm going to get you a baked guitar Oh no
1: I <laughs> <laughs> How did you know It's my way to get back into music though Because like I literally can't Fucking write my own music anymore Or record my own music anymore So I'm like I'm going to start playing bass With some people Well they let you bass.
0: have a baked guitar So you can't complain about the fucking ration.
1: Yeah, my cat's here. I got a bass guitar. It's pretty good. Life is sick, but they won't let you're me chilling. look at tabs. You know, it's life, just the same way. Like life is beautiful. Y- you're over here. We well, just learn it by ear, bro. <laughs> you're over here, like trying to <laughs> like a real musician. Edit, I'm trying to like you know learn how to play CKY riffs. You know, so yeah, I don't know.
0: <laughs> well, we're making good use of our time. This feels like lockdown
1: again. Yeah, it really does. Yeah
0: like what are you doing I don't know <laughs>
1: <laughs> to be honest we should be locked down because we're fucking stupid <laughs> like <what? laughs>
0: we're stupid and we're gonna win this war. yeah that's
1: good we're gonna win <laughs> this podcast is presented by the breadcrumbs collective home of the pod charles cinecast caged in connections a drip limery main franchised and many more to come our shows are all presented ad free and made possible by listeners like you